The following program is brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novos Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovosOrdoWatch.org. That's NovosOrdoWatch.org. and welcome to Clerical Conversations on the Restoration Radio Network. This is a show where we discuss with the clergy various cultural or news or other timely issues in the, the more secular part of the world. And today's show is entitled From Charles Martel to Charlie Hebdo, and we will be discussing the relatively recent, quote, terrorism, unquote, attack that occurred on the uh, the French newspaper of that name, Charlie Hebdo, and how Catholics ought to approach that and how this works in with the uh, events in the world and in uh, history. I'm your host, Nicholas Wansbutter, and always have uh, uh, the great pleasure of being joined by uh, a regular guest, Bishop Daniel Dolan, pastor of St. Gertrude the Great Church in West Chester, Ohio, and uh, Father Anthony Chicada. So, my lord and father, welcome. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Thank you. We're very happy to be here. Lord, I know you always like to start us with a prayer, so I think if we could get you to do that now, that'd be great. I would be happy to. I have found an indulgence to prayer, 300 days indulgence, for uh, this prayer in favor of the conversion of the Mohammedans. Jesus, true God and true man, redeemer of the whole world, deign we beg of thee through the immaculate heart of Mary to look with mercy upon the peoples who, for so many centuries have been living under the yoke of Islamism. Forgive them whatever they have done out of contempt for thy most holy name and for the Christian faith to injure the people of thy choice. With the splendor of thy brightness, dispel the darkness in which they find themselves enshrouded and in the font of regeneration lay bare to them the riches of thy heart so that in the confession of the true faith they may adore and glorify thee, the eternal word made man for our salvation together with the Father and the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, my Lord. You're um, very welcome. Now, uh, as for today's topic, just I'm sure most people are fairly familiar with the uh, what we're talking about, this Charlie Hebdo, but just to give a quick uh, synopsis, Charlie Hebdo is a French uh, weekly magazine, satirical in nature, featuring uh, cartoons, reports, polemics, jokes, The publication describes itself as being secular and atheist, far left-wing, and anti-racist, and they focus on religion, politics, and culture and the things that they choose to satirize. And as one can guess right at the get-go, when they describe themselves as atheist and far left-wing, you can already have an idea of who's going to be in their crosshairs. And... I think this is an important thing to mention right at the the very beginning is they're best known for their attacks and satirizations of the Mohammedan false religion, but, I mean, Catholicism, and especially real Catholicism, not the Novus Ordo counterfeit, is something that they are really strongly against, and they've made blasphemous cartoons against the Catholic faith and blasphemies against our Lord. So I I think that's uh, an important thing to keep in mind. Now, what brings them into the news is when they satirize Mohammed, Muslims aren't going to take that sitting down. And their uh, religion, of course, is one that's always, from the very beginning, been about spreading their religion by the sword and making war against the infidel. So this Charlie Hebdo has been the subject of attacks on more than one occasion. I think actually in 2006 there was some sort of attack. There was uh, their offices were firebombed in 2011, uh, November of 2011. But most recently on the 7th of January 2000. 
2015, two Mohammedan gunmen forced their way into the offices and 12 people were shot and killed in this, this attack. And this then, of course, has led to all sorts of protests and marches. And the, people may have heard the term Je suis Charlie, which is a slogan that's been used by people that are uh, marching in solidarity of this despicable newspaper and has been used to uh, promote free speech because they've really circled the wagons around the ideal of freedom of speech and freedom of the press uh, as part of this. So, of course, we don't at all condone the murder of unarmed civilians in this fashion, but uh, Lord, maybe you can start us off with, you know, what's a Catholic to think of this and what, what's our approach to be when well, we hear something like this? Well, thank you for the, the little factual, the news summary. You know how they always, uh, on the news, they always say allegedly? And I think that that's a good adverb to throw in here. They say, or we are told, that these were Mohammedans. Um, if indeed they were Mohammedans, terrorists, my goodness, they were certainly extremely well-trained and very, very professional. One would almost think that they were members of some, say, crack secret force. But in any case, that's interesting. Then the other interesting thing to say is that the Mohammedans, for their part, would never countenance any um, disrespect or blasphemy against our Lord. Obviously, they don't believe in our Lord's divinity, but at least they hold that he's a prophet. He and his mother are to be honored. And the way uh, a satirical, let's say not satirical, but a blasphemous magazine like this, the way a, a blasphemous magazine like this drags our, our Lady, the Blessed Trinity itself, through the mud in the most filthy and disgusting cartoons and the comments would be the occasion for their wrath as well. That's something interesting to note. The only ones who are relatively freed uh, from any form of uh, any substantive blasphemous attack would be, of course, the Jews, because they are a sacred people, and they are above and beyond any possible attack. It's, it's hard not to, um, not to go for the big picture here, Nicholas, right away, is to think, you know, well, who, who really did this, and why did they do it, and what's, what's the point or the purpose? I think we have to see history in that light, and the benefit of a show like this, I think, is to enable us to to, uh, to take a step back and to say, uh, what does this represent? And th there are a lot of thoughts that come to mind. One thought is um, the punishment of Almighty God against such acts of blasphemy. The reason why a magazine like this could get away with these attacks on Christianity for so long is that none of the French have the gumption of the so-called Christians who are left in France, the Novus Ordo basically, uh, would have the gumption to uh, object and to say this is unacceptable, to do something to, to, to show that they, they would not take it anymore, but that's, that's entirely gone. Then uh, I think another thing to be said is that God, God has taken the matter in his own hands. God is punishing the French as he's punished them uh, ever since uh, before the French Revolution. France is, is, is the eldest daughter of the Church, and she is, her, she is the greatest uh, enemy and the greatest betrayer of the Church, and she is the, the sewer from which all of these modern errors come, and they're pumped throughout the whole world today. So France, uh, France didn't learn the lesson by its wars, especially the humiliations of World War I and World War II. Now France will cease to exist. Europe, you know, has, this, has the, uh, the smallest birth rate of any, of any um, landmass in history. Never has been there, there been so small a birth rate. I don't know where uh, Bergoglio gets his rabbits comment from. It's certainly not about, it's not, certainly not Europe, not, not the old world. And one day, by sheer demographics, these Mohammedans are going to take over. And it's, it's, it's a curious, another thing, curious, hypocritical kind of a thing. The, um, on the one hand, the, uh, the French state had a has a deliberate policy of bringing these people in and setting them up and establishing um, certain cultural norms, such as um, uh, making their, their equivalent of kosher food, say, readily available in the French schools. But um, on, the, on, on the other hand, the French claim that uh, uh, they uh, want to follow what their, their theory of laïcité, which is that of a, of a militant anti-religious secularism. 
and uh, they want to repress religion. They don't want to have freedom of religion, as other nations claim. They want to have a freedom from religion. And the whole controversy about this Charlie Hebdo incident uh, has made that uh, very, very clear. So it's... um, it's at the very least it's an it's an opportunity for Catholics to step back and get a little bit of an education about history and about current events and how they should be read. Uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, different directions we can go from it, but one thing that jumped out at me that I'd like to ask you about, my Lord, is what you, I mean when you hear about the vile blasphemies against Our Lady and Our Lord that are published by this magazine. I mean, one almost feels a little bit of gee, that, that's not such a bad thing to go and shoot these guys down. But what, is, what would be the appropriate Catholic response? Like, what are Catholics allowed to do in a situation like that? I mean, clearly we can't just walk in and shoot people like that. I mean, that's taking the law into one's own hands. But what is the appropriate response? Well, you know, I, I, as, I'm, as I'm talking, I'm thinking to myself, I don't think the appropriate response is that of a demonstration either. I don't believe in mass demonstrations in the street. Mass rosaries, yes, but not mass demonstrations, and certainly not breaking in or pouring blood or things, things or some form of violence. Those are all those are all the deeds of the revolution. We should be, by our very nature, anti-revolutionary, um, and I don't think that we should descend, lower ourselves, to take up the tactics of the revolution. I think you have to look at it, look at it in the bigger picture. God permits these things as a, as a punishment. And, and then the nation is just drawn deeper and deeper into guilt and into the mire and the filth of its own, of the deeds which it, which it willingly countenances. In what terms can you speak in a, in a post-Christian world where there are some Catholics left, there are some Christians left in France who keep the old faith, but that's, that's, the, that's the extent of it. Everybody else worships at the altar of, of liberalism and democracy. What could be done except, except that of prayer and except that of raising one's voice in, in disgust against these things and acts of reparation as well? Another point uh, to back up a little bit uh, is the interesting fact that uh, Charlie Hebdo was founded in 1970, just after the general cultural uh, revolution of the 60s and after the revolution of Vatican II. And, of course, the uh, Church, as a result of, of Vatican II, those who identified themselves as Catholics, uh, lost any sort of uh, sense of outrage and certainly any sense of militancy, the idea of, of uh, uh, the Church militant and, and Catholics being serious about the profession of faith and, and willing, to, uh, willing to defend it. So I think that while the, the remote roots of uh, an outfit like Charlie Hebdo are the principles of the uh, French Revolution and the idea of this, uh, what they call laïcité, nevertheless it was able to gain ground precisely because of the uh, post-Vatican II disaster, where we were told about freedom of conscience, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, all these are, uh, you know, such uh, such wonderful things. So there is no inclination uh, among those who claim to represent the Church, uh, uh, to battle anything like this at at any point. In fact, the I, I believe that the, the the Cardinal Archbishop of Paris, uh, Vantois, his comment was the Charlie Hebdo episode is a reminder that France should return to. You would think of completing the sentence, well, the teaching of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but no, it was Republican values. In other words, the ideas of the French Revolution. What did the French Revolution give us, Father, except terrorism? That's where the term comes from, and the first practice of it, this terrorism, they filled the streets to lament. That come, those are Republican values. That's Robespierre. That's the French Revolution. And now we have terror throughout the world. Yes, so we're, we already have the Republican values that they want to return to. We do. They're, they're pretty much in place, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it seems a, a recurring theme, not just here, but you see it a lot in uh, the United States in the polemics from people like uh, the, the Tea Party people or um, Alex Jones-type uh, characters. They always their, their remedy for the way things are now is more of the same poison that got us here. Yes, exactly. And so let's be clear that we, as, as Catholics, we don't believe in freedom of the press, and we don't believe in freedom of speech. We believe that error has no rights, and that it's the, and it's the duty of the government 
to suppress this kind of filth. And it's a duty of the government, too, to promote Christian values and respect for religion. So we as Catholics will never be worshiping uh, at the at this altar of, uh, of of the revolution or of democracy or democratic values. At the same time, we very loudly proclaim that because error has no rights, we have our we have a right to be able to speak the truth. And all we ask of the of the modern world and the modern governments is that we be allowed to speak the truth and to and to live the truth. We we that we that's that's what we ask for and that's what that's what we demand, and if necessary we have to both we have to be willing to suffer for that and indeed uh, as as martyrs perhaps to die for that truth. We're not this is not passing this is not an appeal that's somehow passing under this idea of a, a watered down Catholic version of of liberty or of democracy or of e- equality or fraternity. No, none of, none of those revolutionary ideas are ours. But some people might object and say like, well. These marches, just we Charlie, and that is promoting freedom of speech. That's going against Mohammedanism. Isn't the enemy of the of my enemy my friend? And shouldn't we be in solidarity with these people because they're against Mohammedans? Well, of course, that's that's actually an Arab saying. I find it an intriguing one, and of course, sometimes in life <laughs> it works. In politics, it certainly works, but here it absolutely doesn't work. It's a pitiful thing. It's just a very, very sad thing that anyone could seriously propose something like that. But there are your traditional Catholics once again who who believe that 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 we should get involved in in, in secular uh, politics and that we should and that we should use the tactics of the revolution somehow. That's so that's so wrong and that's so false. We have the greatest weapon of all. We have the truth, and we have. We have this radio show as an example of some proof that we have the freedom still to be able to talk about these things, at least to be able to ask some questions and promote some Catholic principles on the airwaves. And these are these are tremendous blessings. All of our focus has to be placed here, educating ourselves, educating our people, and in the whole world of prayer, the whole world of, of reparation of the supernatural against these or organized forces of naturalism. You've got to say it. That's that's what's at work here. And you see even fellow Catholics who are like marionettes, you know, being jerked this way and that by the the leaders of the media. Very sad. That's very sad indeed. But I think Restoration Radio is, is here to promote something else. Well, and, and that's a, a good point, Miller, because um, I, some traditional Catholics, they do, as you say, think they want to get involved in politics. They think that they can work this system to our advantage. But... Uh, contrasting it with Restoration Radio, I mean, not to toot our own horn, but in four years of operation, we've, I haven't stopped to count it up, but we've received numerous emails of people who have converted to the Catholic faith or who know people who've converted. I know there's one man and his wife for years and years. He was traditional Catholic, she wasn't, but started listening to some radio shows with him, and then she ultimately came to the faith. To me, that that's People think, oh, you're not doing that much. You know, you're just talking about religion. Whatever. We need to get out there and you know conquer the the world through politics. But in just four years, potentially even a handful of souls may uh, go to heaven that wouldn't have otherwise. And whereas you can see people spinning their wheels for decades involved in politics, and has anything really changed for the good? In the politics of any Western nation, I mean, not to single the United States, but Canada is the same. Everywhere in Europe is the same. Even places like Poland are—they're not getting better; they're getting worse. Yeah, I think that I think the old Latin question, qui bono, to who, to whose good, to whose good is this going to be? Is this is this going to? And then if we stop and we look at that again, take a step back, take a deep breath, maybe say a little prayer, and then try to analyze the situation, well, it's to the good of the of our masters and those who want to tighten the screws. It's the one-worlders, or Bishop Williamson calls them the globalists. Uh, the, again, the organized forces of naturalism, the, uh, the Jewish nation, uh, and their tremendous power over the media, and also the, the, the work of Freemasonry. Uh, they, 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 they use all of these terms. Uh, they use them in, in a way to appeal to people, freedom, democracy, freedom of speech. My goodness, just we Charlie. And yet they don't mean a bit of it. And the, 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 the proof that they don't mean a bit of it is, is to be seen in, in the way... Um, they repulse immediately any questioning of the party line, say, 
for example, in particular, on, on, the, on the Jewish question, whether it be a Zionist question or something about the Jewish religion, the same, the history of the same uh, blasphemous magazine, Charlie Hebdo, is um, uh, uh, pro-Jewish all of the way, and anyone, anyone who even questioned slightly or even slightly made fun of any of the Jewish sacred cows was immediately fired. Why? Because you can attack the Mohammedans and you can attack the Catholics, but you can't attack the Jews. And the Jews are the ones who are actually promoting this whole, this whole false picture of things. People need to be informed about these things and to realize what is finally going on. I think that's, that's one very important point to make. And the other important point is from a historical point of view, the Mohammedans are the enemies of Christian civilization. As you said earlier, Nicholas, it's perfectly true. They've always spread their religion by the sword. But I don't see what happened, what, uh, what happened, whoever was responsible for it, at this uh, magazine office in Paris on January 7th. I don't see that uh, primarily or necessarily as an example of, quote-unquote, Muslim terrorism. I see it as a, a potential black flag operation, as an agent provocateur, someone who's in, I don't know who's behind it finally, but it, it's a way of stirring things up and of um, promoting, uh, moving forward the, uh, the, 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 the picture of things that they want to paint for people so they can manipulate people's thinking on the matter. I, and, I, and I think that Almighty God is so offended by all of this, what I said earlier about the, about what the French state has been, been guilty of with its laicite and, and bringing in the Mohammedans into a formerly Catholic country, that the, the punishment is clear, and the punishment is a very quiet, slow, but a deliberate and inexorable march of demographics. The Mohammedans will take over France, they will take over Germany, they will take over Italy, they will take over the Iberian Peninsula, all in due time, because they are the ones who are having children. And it's none of, none of these formerly Catholic peoples who are having children. That's their punishment, and that's what they're going to face someday. Uh, but all of these forces are, are like, like chess pieces on, the, on a board. And somebody is behind the scenes, I think, moving them and manipulating them and getting people to, to make the right sort of, right sort of reaction. Um, as I said in the sermon I gave on the subject a few weeks ago, uh, we don't have a dog in this fight. We really don't. Uh, because we're not interested in being manipulated and being pushed around from one thing to another. We would like to study it and, and, and to think it through and to realize what's, uh, well, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, uh, His Excellency is right in terms of uh, the demographics alone, the battle is lost. The Muslim uh, invasion of uh, Europe is something which, which is inexorable and which uh, will succeed because of because of the birth rate and because of because of demographics. We we mentioned first of all in, in the title of this program uh, Charles Martel, who uh, fought the great uh, Battle of Tours in the uh, I think in the eighth century and turned back the uh, Muslim tide that tried to invade Europe and. It's it's rather Charles Martel one should uh, identify with than these uh, atheist blasphemers who have uh, nothing but uh, contempt uh, really for the uh, for the Christian religion. The the problem is that you never really hear addressed in uh, the popular discussion. It's 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 a question of a wrong religion. It's an evil. It's a false religion, and. Our political masters, for some reason, tend to gloss over this because it does not sound politically correct and make a, a false equivalence, for instance, as Obama did, between this and uh, the Christian religion uh, just the day before yesterday, talking about how the, uh, uh, saying that, well, there's, there's a parallel with the Crusades and the Inquisition. Come on. But uh, people swallow swallow those lies, and it, it lulls them into a false idea that there's nothing wrong with the Muslim religion, and that, that these acts are not connected with it. But it is ultimately a question of uh, the wrong religion, and people should be honest about that. But they will not be. No. I think our masters, the globalists and the one-worlders and the rest of them, the media people, they are they're using deliberately the Mohammedans as a way to destroy whatever is left of Christendom, as they used the world wars in the last century. And, and, and indeed, the, the, the provocation of all of the Western wars in the Middle East, these are all done 
so as to uh, to keep uh, to keep the world on permanent boil and to destroy whatever might be might possibly be left of Christendom the church religion faith anything like that and then i think they're confident that in the meantime the mohammedans uh, mohammedan peoples have been brought over into formerly christian europe will themselves become corrupted by what has become the religion of the day, which is that of, of worldliness and consumerism and all these liberal values and, and deep immorality that is promoted, particularly by the Jewish-controlled uh, media and all of the entertainment industry that comes out of Hollywood and, and the United States in general that's pumped throughout the whole world. I think that that may be indeed the game plan. Um, what could what could we ever do against it, Mike? Well, I've given some suggestions, but you know what would be a glorious thing? There should be a, a magnificent procession of the Blessed Sacrament of reparation, and magnificent rosaries being recited, and and a public act of reparation for the crimes of of the French and the French state and the crimes of the Mohammedans against our Lord, an act of reparation to Christ the King. Uh, something like that. That's that's what Catholics would do, and that's what we used to do. But now, of course, we are redu- reduced indeed to a handful, and the reparation would have to be, as with everything else, of a much more restrained nature. But um, no one's talked too much about the idea of reparation. We need to make reparation for the offenses that are given our Lord, and we're recording the show on first uh, the first Saturday of uh, February. And uh, the devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary is an excellent example of a means of reparation which God himself ties to world peace, the possibility of world peace. So that's something else for our, our, our listeners to consider. Their own devotion to the Immaculate Heart, their own practice of the First Friday uh, devotions, and uh, the, the role of the Rosary in particular. These are very powerful means. Uh, we don't actually have to get out into the street at all to be able to do that. And, and those are really the means that the early Christians did uh, under the Roman Empire. I mean, uh, they didn't yeah. get control. Of the, the Empire didn't become Catholic by uh, as many Christians as possible trying to get into the Senate and and change the, the laws of the Roman Empire. Not. Certainly not. No, no, certainly not. No, no. They, got, they didn't get in. They got out. They got out of the Senate. They got out of the army. Uh, they, right. they got out of it, anything that, that, that smacked of paganism. They were Christians. Mm-hmm. That, that was an, yeah. enough, enough to be said. Now, uh, just thinking of well, when you're talking about Mohammedans and uh, Charles Martel, uh, as much as the uh, globalists or forces of organized naturalism use the Mohammedans, it, it would seem to me that this also isn't the first time that the Lord God has used the Mohammedans as a punishment to uh, faithless. Christians or Christians who aren't doing what they ought to be, when one thinks back to the time of Charles Martel and all the areas that the Mohammedans were successful in conquering and then contrasting them with the areas that they were unsuccessful in conquering. And maybe you could comment on that, Lord. Oh, oh, yes, absolutely. That's a very important point, Nicholas, to say that um, Mohammed and his uh, armies were the scourge of God against uh, the schismatic and heretical East. The East were all of these heresies against our Lord, his person, his nature, um, came up, uh, and against the, the, the Blessed Mother, too, Our Lady as, as the Mother of God. All of these heresies for so many centuries, so many schisms and so many splits. And finally, it is as though our, our Lord said, enough, and he unleashed these hordes of Mohammedans, and uh, and then they have dominated that that part of the world, which was the cradle of Christianity, ever since. And it looks like it will continue all the way that way all the way now, to the end. And something similar, different but similar, is doubtless going on in the formerly Christian West. So God does use the Mohammedan as as a means of chastisement or punishment against. Um, against uh, the, the, the Christian nations that have uh, refused his church and refused uh, Christ the King. And, and I take it you don't see it as a coincidence, from what you've said, that this incident, and I mean a magazine like this, that it's France where this is going on. Because you don't, there's no Charlie Hebdo that I'm aware of in the United States, for example. Oh, no. The, well, the United States wouldn't have the right, the right combination of things, because... It's still, uh, if not the majority, it's, uh, there's still uh, the most impressive minority of Americans who are, uh, and this would be shocking to the French, who are sweetly and innocently and genuinely respectful 
of religion. They believe in God, or at least they have some respect and reverence for our Lord, uh, the, the Christian holidays, the clergy, we, what we would call Christian values or family values. All of these things are held in esteem in our country, whereas uh, in godless revolutionary France, terrorist France, uh, remember it is France that has exported terror to the, the very concept of it from the French Revolution to the whole world. Uh, in, in France, no, it's entirely different. I was um, shocked by some of the radio coverage that I heard after the Charlie Hebdo incident uh, of the, the bitterness of the French ex-Catholics, former Catholic French, apostate Catholics now, their hatred of any religion. They don't want, they don't want anything to do with religion. They, they want a total freedom from it. And they've pretty much have, have achieved that. That's why they find the Mohammedans with all of their veils and their, uh, their, their coverings. They, that's why they find these things to be uh, galling and insupportable. Of course, an exception is made for the Jews because that's different. But, uh, but for the Mohammedans and then uh, and any sign of Christianity, too, it just, it, it, there's a bile that rises up within them. It's, it's, that's to an American shocking. That's something that we have about our country. I don't know exactly if Canada, where that would fit in, but there's something still one perceives, and it's comforting. Uh, as an American, I'm going to say that it, it's, it makes me proud still, a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit. It's something sweet and simple and innocent still, the attitude of, of many Americans, even those who aren't practicing, of respect and of reverence. We haven't lost that entirely yet, whereas in France, oh my goodness, that's far gone. It's replaced by this, you know, up-to-date, svelte, so sophisticated laïcité and, uh, and, uh, and a blasphemous hatred of all of these things, bitterness and hardness. I, yeah, I'd say Canada is somewhat partway between the United States and France, mm -hmm. although uh, the French-speaking Canada, Quebec, is completely the way France is. Because it used to be Catholic. I mean, it was really a, yeah. a miniature Catholic confessional state within a larger country. I mean, yeah. it's well known that before Vatican II, the the uh, Catholic bishops practically ran the province of Quebec. Uh, but there you can see the, the, the parallel, and uh, as always, the corruption of the best is the worst. Indeed. But, for example, like in France, the, uh, the, the French will go out of their way to insult you. And they happen to see you on the street wearing a collar or wearing a cassock. Uh, whereas in, in America, if you're seen dressed as a priest, very often you will still be greeted in a friendly and in a respectful way. Someone will, will remember from years ago to say, good afternoon, Father, because that's how the clergy were greeted at one time. Um, so as I say, it hasn't entirely gone. And there's that interest that the Americans have, a mistaken interest, and in a wrong, in a wrong form, but still the interest that Americans have in religion. All the French, our French visitors are sometimes shocked to see all these little churches everywhere that the Protestants have built for themselves. Because that's, that too is part of that pro-religious sentiment, is, is, is part of the American character. Uh, you, you don't see that in Europe, not at all. They could not care less. All they could care is to be to be free of it entirely. Father Chicada, uh -huh. do you have a thought? Uh, one of the things that was very uh, striking about being in Europe for the first time that that, that uh, people would insult you on the streets yes. if you, you were wearing a collar, a cassock, or a uh, or a religious habit. I mean, that was uh, so surprising and sh so shocking, I had to have that explained to me. And the first time I, um, as a Cistercian, um, I was in a, a monastery in Switzerland, and I had to go in town, I think to the dentist, something like that. And uh, so I w wore my habit, because that's what you do in the streets. I took the little bus in uh, to Freiburg to the bus station, and I got off the bus, and the first thing that happened is someone insulted me. Uh, he looked at my habit, and he said, uh, uh, it was just after Lent had started, and he said, Mon père, le carnival est passé, that, uh, hey, Father, the, the carnival is over. <laughs> you know? yeah. And uh, I, I thought my jaw dropped. But it's it's a result of that 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 militant hatred of uh, religion. I think it was uh, another one of the great lights, as it were, of the French Revolution, the of uh, Denis Diderot, who said that well, 
the problems of the world one day will be solved when the uh, last king is strangled with the intestines of the last priest. Mm-hmm. And so that's about that's about what the attitude is. The hatred, the extraordinary hatred in uh, France, was uh, something that faithful Catholics uh, uh, endured and tried to counteract as as uh, best as they could before the uh, changes of Vatican II. But then uh, all of that all of that was gone. All of that was gone. So, th- so this isn't finally, is it, about so-called or alleged Mohammedan terrorism, or about the beautiful, sweet rights to freedom of the press and freedom of speech that we extol so much in the West. It's about destruction. It's about destroying what's left of Christianity in formerly Christian nations. It's about the the promotion of these revolutionary revolutionary ideals of the French, going back over 200 years. And it's about, actually, it always ends up being the opposite. It's about the taking away of one's rights. It's it's about forcing someone to give up one's religion. And it's about a bitter, bitter hatred. It's not tolerance at all. It's it's, it's an incredibly, uh, Father Chikata's reaction as a a young monk, that's that's a good example of our naive American reaction to the bitter reality of, of, of these people. And at the same time, they have their orthodoxies. They have their creeds and their sacred beliefs that no one is ever allowed to question. If you do, then you must be put into jail. And that's the, that's the reality in um, England and in continental Europe today. Canada, too, I think. And the United States uh, well, is one of the few exceptions, right? The, the yeah, idea is that, that um, you uh, use, to return to something we were talking about a little earlier, you use this uh, so-called uh, terror, and you uh, use the uh, now the, the Islam issue as a way to move the revolution forward, and then in the long run, uh, there's the, the hope of our masters of uh, total control, that we want, uh, you know, uh, one world uh, united under some sort of uh, godless principles, godless principles that the uh, elites who, who run us will dictate to us. And that is the, that's the long-term goal, I think. Yeah, and I think that all goes back to what uh, Bishop Dolan said about qui bueno, who benefits from this. And, and when you're looking at this, in a way, to me, it almost doesn't matter who actually did it. I mean, it, as we said, there's something a little bit fishy about how uh, professionally this is pulled off, yet the guys who did this surgical military-type strike on this building to not even get caught were then the same people that leave their identity behind, their identification papers behind in their getaway vehicle. And, and, could, we, and could, we, could we pause here for a moment just to reflect <laughs> that uh, isn't it odd how if there's one characteristic of all of these mega-media events of terror in, in our modern world, it's that. They always leave an ID card or a passport behind, whether we're talking Charlie Hebdo, the Boston Marathon murders, or 9-11, and then even going further back, assassinations, Martin Luther King, uh, Kennedy. Some, the, the, the man whom the press figures points out as, as the guilty party or the guilty parties, they always, always leave their identity cards behind. Isn't that curious? My goodness, why is there? Why are they who are otherwise, as you say, Nicholas, so very, very careful and so very talented? Why? Why do they do that? I wonder. Do you think people might start to think about that a little bit? Yes, so I just found out about the nine eleven passport this morning when I looked it up. Yeah, I had heard His Excellency mention it at supper, but it was it was uh, Mohammed Atta. Mm-hmm. That uh, one of the planes that went into the uh, twin towers, uh, the, you know, and was incinerated. This uh, supposed hijacker's passport, unburned, ended up uh, on top of a building somewhere else. I mean, that's uh, you know, as they say in Brooklyn, I have a bridge to sell you if you believe that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that, that's awfully impressive to uh, <laughs> to uh, have the passport survive that well, migration. Well, I, I think the, the the someone made the joke that in the future, American airplanes should be made out of the same material as Arab passports. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we, we we laugh, but of course, obviously, it's a it, it, it's a very great tragedy. But if people is, start yeah. to connect the dots and start to ask even a few questions, maybe do a little reading and research, some prayers of reparation. Hey, they're going to be at least halfway there, and that's then we will have done our our duty our, for for this show today. Can I also mm-hmm. say, Nicholas, I'd like to point point out too that, and, and nothing of our comments or the attitude, say, of the Catholic Church, could be construed in any sense of being, as it were, in the modern sense of the term, anti-Mohammedan. They're they're the scourge of God. They're, they 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 practice an evil, horrible, false, and blasphemous religion. Those things are understood, but at the same time. Look at those poor people and how they've been persecuted one way and another, how they persecute each other, uh, the, the Sunnis and the Shia going, going at it in such, in such a horrible way, and how the West, particularly the United States, has bombed them again and again and again. And all of these, all of these wars and all of these murders and assassinations, somebody always stirring the pot. Uh, for the last, uh, at least for the last 30 years, if, if not longer. And it's understandable that people who are subject to the same force of propaganda and uh, those who, who want to manipulate and use their thinking to promote covert uh, ends and goals would, would, would say, well, I, I can't take this anymore. If, uh, especially someone who's raised in a religion of violence to start with, which is the religion of Mohammedanism. So naturally they would turn to some form of so-called terror. It's all, it's all understandable and it's also tragically sad. Our Lord alone is the Prince of Peace. And they, 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 they refuse his peace, but, um, and, and that's, that's, that's a tragedy. But uh, we would never be in favor of all of these things that have been done against, the, against these poor people. And indeed, it should give us some, some, if not a sympathy, at least an empathy for, these, for, for all, of these, uh, all of these peoples, all these nations who are confused and have no idea what's really going on. And they live with all this bloodshed. And they, they, want to, they, they simply want to maintain their own way of life. For, for many of them, and, and they simply want to be able to live. For many of them, that's that. And many people throughout the whole world, that's that. And if it weren't for the wicked ones who come in and manipulate things, uh, we wouldn't have the terrible wars that we do today. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there ends up being a, uh, a reaction uh, among the Mohammedans because of uh, our wickedness. Yes. And the, the wickedness of, of the forces of the godless West that go and endlessly interfere in their countries and impose this, that, and uh, the other thing, and bomb and, and terrorize people and, and keep them captive for ages without trial. You know, the, the, the West that professes its love for human rights, supposedly. So they live in a their religion is is a violent religion and uh, naturally they they feel obliged to use it to react against the evil that we do. So you it, it is a, a reaction from that. It's not justifiable from a moral point of view, but it is understandable from the point of view of human psychology and from the point of view of fallen human nature, that you want to take revenge. And the only way you can take revenge is, since you don't have the Delft bombers, and since you don't have submarines with atomic missiles, nuclear missiles in them, is that you end up conducting a a war, a type of guerrilla and a type of terror war. Yeah, they, and they want do to that. Their own, you know, their own way of life, I think. And and remember too that we we in effect the whole all the filth of this Charlie Hebdo, that's the filth in a sense that we have shoved down the throats of how many people whose whose nations we have invaded and in which we have stationed American troops. Uh, it's uh, all that TV and all that music. And all the things which they find profoundly scandalous and shocking, because they do have some ver- some values of morality uh, at the end of the day, and our our masters do not, and and of course they're of course they're revolting against these things. They're disgusted by that. So isn't that funny? They use this big supposed Mohammedan event to do what? To exalt those same those same values, the values of blasphemy and, and filth. Uh, ram down everybody's throats as the untouchable religion of the world. Well, this is time for us to check out, I think. 
on that note, I wondered if we could just talk a little bit more about the so-called freedom of speech, which, frankly, as we've touched on, doesn't no one really believes in that. Even the people no. who claim to believe in freedom of speech and freedom of the press, <laughs> there's many things that, that they won't tolerate whatsoever, so they don't really believe in it. But I think a lot of Catholics, a lot of even traditional Catholics, everyone being born and raised in this milieu or marinated almost slowly mm-hmm. in time with this these ideals that freedom of speech is a good thing. And you've mentioned that error has no rights. So I don't know if we could talk briefly just a little bit more about what the Catholic principles of, of freedom, freedom of speech are, or just liberty in general, because some Catholics are saying, well, like, you know, if we isn't it only fair that if we we want to be allowed to to teach our faith that other people should have the freedom to have their religion and talk about it? And that idea is is absurd. The church's understanding of the truth is that it's something uh, that it is something integral. Uh, that uh, not that there are many truths, as it were, that uh, sort of merely contradict each other. Uh, that idea is, uh, when you analyze it, is in fact insane, because it, it uh, implies ultimately that God contradicts himself. And uh, that is, is uh, by definition, an absurdity and something that uh, you can't uh, absur- uh, assert with uh, reason. Uh, the idea is that, that one has the, the uh, gift of, of speech, as it were, to speak the truth. And that is, is how the, the, the faculty is supposed to, the faculty of speech and human expression is uh, supposed to work, that you use it in conformity with the law of, of Almighty God. It is not a value, as it were, in itself to say uh, anything that you want. It's, it's a means toward an end which the, the uh, rational creature under the, the impulse of divine grace has to use to speak the truth. So uh, the uh, idea that the popes have clearly expressed is that, in fact, error has no rights, and that the idea of absolute freedom of, uh, freedom of conscience, uh, uh, absolute uh, freedom of the press, freedom of speech, uh, religious liberty, uh, that uh, Gregory XVI said these concepts were insanity. Mm-hmm. And he is correct because when you uh, when you start from the presumption that there the, the rational assumption that there is one truth when it comes to God and religion, these ideas are uh, in fact insanity. Mm-hmm. You cannot rationally argue them. A good way of showing the insanity is if someone were trying to say you have the freedom to uh, believe in gravity or not believe in gravity, and therefore you can go jump off a building because you don't believe in gravity. Sure. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. that's going to have a bad end, just as believing in a false religion is going to have a bad end. Yes, indeed. Yep. Well, uh, we were uh, just coming up on... Uh, on the end of the hour, uh, did uh, Milord, uh, did you have any closing thoughts that you wanted to impart? Well, to, to go back to the title of our show, uh, Nicholas, from Charles Martel to Charlie Hebdo, wouldn't it be grand if we had all of these people saying in public in France, Je suis Charles Martel? That is to say, <laughs> I will fight against these Mohammedan hordes who have invaded our Christian nation. Till, till the very end, and I will use especially the, the weapon of the rosary, which has been so efficacious in all of these anti-Mohammedan crusades. But uh, that's we are we are far far from that. But I think it's um, it's important to uh, do what we've tried to do a little bit today is to follow some of these strains of thought, step back, look at the bigger picture, and to understand that we are being manipulated, and to refuse to be manipulated anymore to start to do a little reading and ask maybe a few questions, and most of all, to start to pray uh, and, to, and to see the beauty and the attractiveness of truth. And, and you talk about freedom, there, there, there's a phrase Father Chikata has just pointed out. Uh, this is the freedom that we're, that we're going for. This is the freedom that draws us and that attracts us. It's the freedom of the truth. And this, this is the freedom which they have taken away from us. And finally, of course, remember, too, that in their, in their regime of so-called freedoms of the press and freedom of speech, there isn't any freedom at all. It's only the freedom of error and of blasphemy, of destruction and of attack. 
If you question any of their sacred cows or their orthodoxies, you will see how far that you'll get because all of these people are hypocrites at the end of the day to, to a man. Uh, Father, do you have any closing thoughts to add? As usual here, uh, one has to look at the things reported in the news and that come to you through the secular media. The, all of these these uh, so-called received ideas that we seem to be marinated in through the light of the Catholic faith. And you look at them, you consider the source, and you take them for what they're worth, which is really, in uh, the light of eternity, n- not very much. And uh, because they of the false uh, ideas that they uh, embody and that they try to convey. So everything has to be seen through the light of the Catholic faith. And uh, you uh, cannot uh, and should not, as a Catholic, uh, accept the uh, the false sayings of uh, secular society and the modern world as uh, truths. For Catholics, there is only one truth, and that is the truth that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came to proclaim. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, um, Lord, and thank you, Father, for uh, another uh, uh, very interesting show. And uh, I just want to remind our listeners that if you have questions or show suggestions or comments, you can email us at clerical at truerestoration.org. Again, that's the, the word clerical, C-L-E-R-I-C-A-L, at truerestoration.org, and true restoration is all one word. And if you send your question or comment there, we'll be we happy to address it. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, Bishop Dolan and Father Chicada are both at uh, St. Gertrude the Great Church in Westchester, Ohio. And you can follow their work and see uh, access other resources from their work and their apostolate by going to sggresources.org. They also, among other things, have a live webcast of all their masses there. So that's uh, if you're someone that lives in an area where you have limited or no access to the sacraments, that's a good way to at least get some graces from the Mass. And you can also support their work. There's a donate button at sjgresources.org. So uh, once again, uh, Lord and Father, thank you very much. I'll let you get back to your, to your day and looking forward to chatting with you again in a month's time. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure as usual. Thank you. God bless you all. And I would remind the listeners that Clerical Conversations is a production of the Restoration Radio Network. All rights are reserved and any duplication without explicit written permission is forbidden. Permission can usually be very easily obtained by writing to mail at truerestoration.org. And all of us here at the Restoration Radio Network would ask that if you found this show to be informative, helpful, or in any way beneficial to you and your faith, that you please consider sending a note of thanks to the clergy to help make our network worthwhile. And remember that above and beyond material contributions, the most important donation that you can make to our work here is prayer. So please think of uh, offering a Mass, a uh, a Pater, an Ave, uh, or a Rosary for our our work the next time you pray. For the Restoration, I'm Nicholas Wansweater, and may God bless you. This program was brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novus Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovusOrdoWatch.org. That's NovusOrdoWatch.org.